Hey, welcome uh, NFL football fans. It's that time again, time for another edition of NFL Football Talk. I'm your host, Charles E. Smith Jr. This is an Inside Sports production presented by Humanica Media. And we're all the way up to uh, week eight, which means everyone's played at least, uh, everyone's played seven games here, except for a couple of teams. But uh, we're going to go ahead and break everything down for you. Uh, the latest injury updates, uh, which teams are trending which way, and we'll see what happens here. But as you know, I do not do this show alone. I do enlist the help of the very, very best. So, man, many of you already follow on Twitter at Chris L Sports, and if not, you should be. Here he is, a proud graduate of Rutgers University, and as I always say, and it is absolutely true, my very favorite East Coast intellectual, none other than Chris Lardieri. Chris, what's happening out there, man? Charles, thank you for the record. Full disclosure, no payment uh, exchange hands for that line, so it's totally genuine. Uh, I'd like to throw in there my beloved Scarlet Knights are on a two-game winning streak. Uh, We won't mention the teams in the Big Ten they beat, but it still counts, so... Thank you. Uh, it's nice to see Scarlet Knights football at least showing a glimmer of hope. But uh, the Wolverines come to town this week, so uh, I think that comes to an end. <laughs> we shall see. Well, you know what? Uh, it's been, uh, by the way, uh, cooled down a little bit at 106 out here in Southern Cal. but ridiculous yesterday. I think you're used to that kind of weather out there where you are, right? You're further inland, correct? So you were yeah. you kind of laughed at 106. Right. So – Typically, what you saw last night at uh, Dodger Stadium for game one, that temperature was the same where it is where I live in my undisclosed location. So it's at least a good, you know, 10, 15, 20 degrees colder there and out towards the coast. So we uh, we suburbanites here in the valley and inland areas laugh at you guys who have to deal with the heat a couple times a year. <laughs> okay, well, let's get down to it. You know, in week seven, we had you know Aaron Rodgers went down to injury and then this past week, a couple more go down. Carson Palmer, a quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, he's down with a broken arm, probably going to miss the rest of the season. You would think with Drew Stanton there, the team is going to nosedive, so I can't see him coming back for a couple of games. And also, he's, uh, what, he's 36, 37 years old now, so that may be the end of him. And also in Miami, that's my favorite squad, as everyone knows, Jay Cutler goes down with cracked ribs. Of course, the entire crowd cheers. And then Matt Moore comes off the bench, leads a comeback. They were 14 down. Matt Moore leads the comeback. They win it uh, down the stretch with another big defensive play. And so uh, things are looking pretty good in Miami. And then also, now, this, this guy is obscure but shouldn't be. Joe Thomas, left tackle for the uh, Cleveland Browns. He has an 11-year career, had never even missed a snap. He had played over 10,000 snaps consecutive. He tore a triceps muscle. Uh, His career actually may be done. We don't know. But when you look at his numbers, I mean, all the Pro Bowls, I think 10 straight Pro Bowls, eight times all pro, he's got numbers that are up there with like the Jonathan Ogdens and Willie Rose of the world. But because he protected, who knows, probably 22 just garbage quarterbacks, he is the least known left tackle in the league, even though he's headed to the Hall of Fame. But uh, it's too bad that they never gave him a decent quarterback to protect. But Joe Thomas just had a great, great career in, the, in Cleveland. And when he goes in the Hall of Fame, he's going to be the first Cleveland Brown inducted into the Hall of Fame since... Uh, Jim Brown? <laughs> yeah, we're saying Jim. I got to go with Jim Brown, too. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't think Sam Ritigliano or Brian Cyper in the Hall of Fame, but yeah, really, you know, kind of went under the radar. But the the Cal Ripken of of this sport, and right. you know, what's even more sad is over the last few years there were rumors that he would get traded to a contender. Um, I mean, the Giants definitely could have used him for one, but there are a lot of teams that were interested and they never traded him. So the guy, uh, I don't want to say toiled in obscurity, toiled in misery. I think in Cleveland. So uh, props to him. I'm I'm glad he he got some form of recognition. I hope this isn't the end of line of the line for him. Okay, so you know, I'm looking at some of these teams. We just take a look at some of the other games. Uh, the big game was a Super Bowl rematch, which was the New England Patriots uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, the Patriots just rolled them 23 to seven, and also Jacksonville. They keep their curious win loss win loss win loss win pattern going without Leonard Fournette, 27 to nothing over Indianapolis. I mean, can you make really a lot of sense of take New England first and then go to Jacksonville? What do you think about it? especially Jacksonville without Leonard Fournette, without their hammer, and they go out there and just completely destroy the Indianapolis Colts? Yeah, I don't know if there's really a trend to be derived here, but I will tell you this. Look at their opponents. It appears to me as though the Colts, and, and they're thin and they miss Andrew Luck, have mm -hmm. all but given up on this season and are their coach, Chuck Pagano. I mean – you know, they showed some signs of life, but the last three couple games, they really uh, look like they've mailed it in. With the Patriots, you know, um, I know there are a lot of fog conspiracy theorists out there. Nothing's been proven yet by the FAA, the Weather Channel, et cetera. But uh, look at the Falcons. and I've, I've been thinking about this, and I think it's fair to say Steve Sarkeesian is gradually ruining another team, this time in the NFL. I don't know what he's doing with his play calling. Uh, I was telling one of my coworkers that Julio Jones, that was his first touchdown of the year. He didn't believe me. It's really hard to believe, isn't it? Um, I don't know what he's doing, calling running plays with Taylor Gabriel. When you've got Freeman, one of the top backs in the NFL, was not getting the rock enough. Matt Ryan looks either confused or mediocre. Honestly, I, I just don't even know if it's his fault at this point. But that team's a mess offensively, and uh, they may need to yank the play calling from him. So, uh the fact that, you know, you and I picked the Falcons. We thought it would be a high-scoring game. Right. I mean, the under came in, and it was a dud. So uh, I think a lot of people were surprised by that. And um, I think the I think uh, the Falcons, you know, we, we said they're probably going to come back down to earth. But props to you. Look who's in first in the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. The Saints, they just keep on rolling along. And then, you know, the Rams last week, you know, they, uh, they take care of business against the Arizona Cardinals. They continue to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I just like the way they're trending. We have to remember, like I said last week, I'm almost all in on the Rams. When they, went, when they won their first Super Bowl in history, remember the season before that, they were 4-12. and And this year, we're looking at last season, they were 4-12. and And they just keep on getting stronger. But a team that may have something to say about that, also coming out of nowhere, and I like that they were in the same draft class, Carson Wentz, who was quarterbacking the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they beat Washington 34-24 uh, on Monday night. And the best thing is in December, we're going to get a clash of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Los Angeles Rams right here in L.A. with those two quarterbacks. It just The stars are aligning perfectly. Absolutely. Funny you mentioned I was talking about that with a big Rams fan today named Han, uh, and he brought that game up, and who would have thought? And you know, immediately we both reverted to our usual Cleveland Browns jokes and how uh, you know they continue to pass on quarterbacks. But, yeah, that should really be an interesting game. Who would have thought that going in? Uh, one thing I want to say about the Eagles, they're 6-1. Everyone's going gaga over them. I yeah. looked at their schedule. They lost to the Chiefs, which are a good team. 
They squeak one out against the Panthers. Other than that, none of their opponents have a winning record. So I'm going to be a little bit of a skeptic here. Believe it when I see it. The NFC East is uh, when the Eagles go on the road and beat a team like the Rams or you know beat a, another team with a winning record and not the 49ers like this weekend, I'll start to be a believer. You know, it's nothing against Carson Wentz. I think the defense is playing well, but – Jason Peters, left tackle, done for the year. I think that's going to be a big loss for them. So a uh, great story right now heading into the first half of the season, but uh, let's see what happens in November and December. But regardless, that that already looks like a compelling matchup in the Coliseum. Yep, fantastic. And then, uh, well, you talk about that, and one of the teams we're going to go when we get into our pick segment is the Dallas Cowboys. They're sitting at 3-3, three and three, and, uh, yeah, they had a big win over the 49ers, but wait till you see the uh, combined record of the three teams that they've beaten so far this season so but uh los angeles chargers chargers take down denver denver seems to be in a free fall of sorts and then also uh, kind of under the radar baltimore a complete nosedive in the afc north i think up this last game uh losing to minnesota 24 to 16 i think flacco only had what 140 yards passing or something like that in a league where you can't even cover receivers that sounds ridiculous and then even further under the radar is Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC, who are supposed to do something this year, and I think they're sitting at, is it sitting at two and four right now? So, a lot of teams. That's why it's hard to make these picks. We do the, the uh, previews for the season and pick these teams. You just never know how things are going to gel. That's why there's the beginning of the season. You got to reevaluate midseason, then right before the playoffs, you do a reevaluation again. It's not cheating or anything, but in this era of free agency and new offensive coordinators and everybody switching places there, going here, going there. You never know who's going to gel exactly right. Yeah, and don't forget the almighty injuries. I mean, that, that can change things right. on the dime. Just look at the Green Bay Packers. I mean, everyone thought they were going to coast to the NFC North title, and uh, now with one week of Brett Hundley under their belt, uh, not so optimistic. Yeah, that's true. So we're, a lot of things just up for grabs. And, uh, yeah, that's that division. Also, uh, the NFC South, we don't know what's going to happen there. So before we get into, you know, we do a couple of segments. We've got the pick segment coming up. And we got our Gambler's Delight segment. And then we got some great fantasy football advice, which, uh, by the way, Mr. Lardier has been spot on all year long with that fantasy football advice. But, uh, Chris, before we get into those, uh, got some wisdom you'd like to uh, share with the fans out there. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone knows I'm a big fan of the NFL. I've been watching for many, many decades, uh, longer than I care to admit as old I am, but uh, I digress. Um, this week, this past week of football was utterly boring and at, at some points atrocious. I mean, you had three shutouts, and I believe uh, the, at this point last year, I think there may have been three the entire season. So um, not a heck of a lot of scoring. You factor in the injuries, I get it. You factor in some... Uh, some trips to London. I don't know if teams just seen them. One of the two teams always seem to mail it in like the Cardinals appeared to, but uh, just some ugly football. And, you know, heading into the, the next two weeks, we've got, I think, six teams on by this week and a bunch the following right. week. Uh, you know, I'm not, not quite sure what to make of it, but a little bit of a lull here. I'm hoping things pick up, but uh, you, know, you made a great point earlier with the, the, the kind of the loosening of defensive rules and, you, know, you don't see the hand checking and the bump and run like you used to back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, these teams should be scoring. I, I don't know what we blame it on, deflated footballs, inflated footballs, but uh, some really anemic offense in the last week. And uh, it's, a, it's a good week to sleep. I mean, it was my uh, my lovely wife's birthday. We went out of town for the night, and I got to tell you, I'm glad we did. It was perfect timing because uh, 
just watching that giant Seahawks game alone was enough to put you back to sleep on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then remember, even though it was uh, almost almost a week ago, because we're doing the show right now on Wednesday, October 25th. So as far as we know, Ezekiel Elliott's still, still going to be playing, but that's subject to change without notice. But uh, Oakland last week, they kind of had a get-right game. We don't know if that will carry over or not, but the scintillating 31-30 to Thursday night win over over Kansas City when it took, I don't know how many, five plays down the stretch. But no, <laughs> hey, no monkey business by the officials. Everything was called perfectly with that many plays down the stretch. But the thing is, they're going in through this weekend with Marshawn Lynch uh, sitting out of one-game suspension for his uh, shenanigans kind of during that game. So we'll see if that was kind of uh, the Oakland Raiders getting right or – was it just fluky? And then we got to look at the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs have suddenly lost two games in a row after looking like world beaters. Yeah, the AFC West could really be wide open. I know a lot of people are down on the Broncos now, but if they could get some decent quarterback play, they'll get back in it. And, yeah, the Chargers, everyone had written off, now on a three-game winning streak. So uh, I think it's still a competitive division. We all know uh, Andy Reid and his MO. He loves to, to give leads or games away. So anything's possible. Don't give up hope. Okay, here we go. So let's go ahead and get in the, into the uh, picks of the week for week eight. What we do is we take five of the more intriguing matchups and we give you our uh, kind of our opinions on who may win or lose. Uh, pretty good doing on the season here. Uh, last week I went four and one with my picks. I'm 27 and eight on the year. Uh, Chris went three and two and he's 20 and 15 on the year. So we'll go ahead and Mr. Lardieri, you can go ahead and break down the first game for us, which is uh, Oakland at Buffalo. Yeah, the aforementioned Raiders, uh, two-and-a-half-point underdogs head into Buffalo. Uh, we all know the Raiders, when they travel east, could be a little bit dicey. Earlier this year in opening weekend, they beat the Titans, but uh, remains to be seen how they will fare. I think they have the Dolphins next week, and they'll be staying back east. But uh, the Bills really one of the surprise teams this year. Sean McDermott implementing his uh, Panthers defense. This is a team that traded away Sammy Watkins and kind of thought they were throwing the season away to do a rebuild. They, they hung on to beat the Buccaneers last week. Shady McCoy woke up, and uh, Tyrod Taylor, whoever wanted to put on the scrap heap, uh, played a nice game. And, and you know, he, he may not be the most stellar quarterback, but he runs, he throws, he manages the game. I'll take him over Blake Bortles any day. Uh, I do think while it was impressive that the Raiders won, I'm going to continue with that trend and say, look, trip east is tough, especially going up against this up-and-coming Bills defense. I'm going to go with the Bills. I think they've got a lot of momentum. I think at the end of the day, while he hasn't been producing much, they are going to miss beast mode just because uh, do you really trust Richard and Washington or some running back? Uh, you shut the pass down on the Raiders. I think they're a beatable team. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead with you on that. We'll see if uh, – because what I did like was the Raiders' play calling was a lot better than it's been in the past uh, month or so when they beat the Chiefs. They're more aggressive. We'll see if that carries over, but you do kind of have to go with the known quantity here, which is the Buffalo Bills, the strong defense. They got a good run game. Uh, we'll see what they can do, but I look for this to be a close contest, but I'm going to go with Buffalo also. Uh, they're going to beat them close just like they beat uh, Tampa Bay last week. So Oakland still trying to get right and uh, still think something's going to happen with as far as the uh, offensive coordinator. We'll see what's happening. Maybe uh, Del Rio is going to fire under, but. We shall see. I'm going with Buffalo as well. Now, given your stellar record, I'm glad we finally agree, Charles. <laughs> okay, and then two teams uh, 
you know, who knows what to make of it. The Carolina Panthers, who are a two-point underdog, going into Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. Panthers at four and three. Buccaneers at two and four. Like we talked about, one of the more uh, disappointing teams. But Carolina, this last couple of weeks, they've looked really just pretty bad. Uh, lost on Thursday night football. And then this past week, only put up three points against Chicago. Not that Chicago's great because they won 17 to three, but two of their touchdowns were off of uh, defensive uh, turnovers. So I just like, uh, when I look at it, the way that they're trending, uh, Cam Newton, whatever magic he had for the first few games of the season, it seems to be wearing off. I think Tampa Bay, even though it's only two and four, but they're playing a more consistent brand of football. Uh, Luke Keekley, I don't know his status right now because there's a concussion protocol, the great middle linebacker for the Panthers. I'm going with Tampa Bay at home, and I just don't like the way that Newton has been playing the last couple of weeks. That's really the determining factor. I'm going Tampa Bay. All right, I'm going to disagree with you here. I really don't have a heck of a lot of statistical evidence other than uh, these two things. One, I saw Keekley might be able to play this weekend. I, I think if he does, that changes the dynamic of their defense and uh, – Number two, Cam and another little dust up and being the diva that he is in a press conference today, declined to answer a question. Not quite sure how or why, but the last time this happened, he lit up the Patriots. And I frankly don't like the way the Buccaneers are playing on the defensive side of the ball, which is surprising. They have a lot of, a lot of hype coming into the season on, on the D there, but uh, they're not producing. So I uh, think this could be an ugly low scoring game. That's my guess, but uh, I'll go with the Panthers for no reason other than that. Okay, there you go. And if maybe if the Panthers had Greg Olson available, I might be agreeing with you, but they don't, so I ain't. <laughs> okay, go ahead and take down the next game here for us, man. Sure, game three, the Houston Texans coming off a of bye week, getting five and a half, heading into Seattle to face the 12s and the Seahawks. And uh, look, uh, I know the Seahawks went into the Meadowlands and beat up on a uh, completely inferior, to be honest. Giants team, but you know, in, into the late in the second half, I mean, this is a game the Giants could have won. There were a few turnovers that determined it. I wasn't a heck of a lot impressed with the Seahawks offense. I know Wilson kind of got it going and threw a few touchdowns, but uh, for most of the game, they really struggled. I think coming off a bye and the fact that Deshaun Watson's really playing excellent, um, I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to pick the Texans here. I like the way that they're playing on offense. Even though they miss J.J. Watt, you've still got a lot of uh, studs on the defensive side of the ball. And if they can rush the passer, which I think they can on Wilson, that'll change the dynamic of this game. Take the Texans in an upset. <laughs> okay, and yet again, we're going to disagree here. The Seahawks, I just like them with the home field advantage. And those little things, the Seahawks, they win more games that they probably shouldn't win. Uh, so the only team better at that is, is really the Patriots, the Seahawks, a few weeks ago, they should have lost the Rams, but they didn't. Uh, like you said, the Giants were in the game, but ultimately the Seahawks come out victorious. It's all the little things they do well just to play here or play there, and that's why I got to go with the uh, with the Seahawks to win this. It's, this should be a good game, though, and I think it's going to be a lot closer than, uh, than the point spread here. But uh, still, uh, the veteran presence, Wilson, and then the veteran presence on the defense of the Seahawks, against the uh, rookie quarterback, I think that should be a determining factor there. I'm going to go Seahawks. You know, um, I do think when you beat Alabama in a national title game, I don't think the uh, the Seahawks crowd will intimidate you as a quarterback. Just my, my opinion there. <laughs> All right, now, those are boys. We're talking grown-ass men here now, though, homie. <laughs> hey, uh, we'll see. 
Okay. So here we go now. Intriguing matchup now. NFC East. Dallas Cowboys at three and three in Washington to play the Redskins, who are also at three and three. Dallas uh, coming off the bye, and then we got Washington, or some not coming off the bye, but coming off spanking the 49ers, 40 to 10, I believe it was. It's like a bye. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So people look at this, and just much like when uh, Cincinnati replaced their offensive coordinator, then they go out and beat up on the Cleveland Browns and then say, oh, well, Cincinnati's back now. Yeah, no, they're not. The Cowboys, the same thing. They've struggled all season long. Three and three, but the three teams that they've beaten have a combined record of four and 17. They beat the one and six Giants. They beat the 0 and seven San Francisco 49ers. And they beat the uh, three and four Arizona Cardinals. That was the Cardinals, of course, without David Johnson. What I'm going to say here is Washington playing at home. And I think Washington is a better football team than the Cardinals were when this when the Cowboys beat them. So I know that's a lot of a lot of speculation there, but Dallas is a prove it to me team. I don't think they can go into the nation's capital and beat the Redskins. I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Redskins here. I'm gonna go and agree with you. You know, uh Kirk Cousins, I know he's a whipping boy down there in DC, but you really can't blame him. He's been playing well the last few weeks. Surprisingly the defense, which was good at the beginning part of the season, is kind of let the team down, but I think they get things back on track. Ultimately, you stop Ezekiel Elliott. I think you stop the Cowboys. They'll dare, dare Prescott to beat them. And um, I do think that the, the Redskins, are, you know, they're, they're not a great team, but I don't think they're as bad as their record reflect. And, um, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. Who have the Cowboys beaten? So I'll take Washington. <laughs> there we go. Okay, and then go ahead and uh, break down the last game, up-and-coming team against a team that, well – I don't really know. <laughs> Take it away. Yeah. The uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, you know, everyone's now anointing them the uh, kings of the AFC now that the Patriots and Raiders are having their much-documented struggles. Uh, they are giving three points heading into Detroit. Uh, the, I don't know, for lack of a better term, schizophrenic Lions. Uh, mm-hmm. One week they pull out a victory, another week they just don't show up. Um, I really like the fact that Le'Veon Bell has gotten going. It's changed that offense completely. It's quieted the critics of Roethlisberger are ready to put him out to pasture. If you pound the ball at him a good 25, 30 times, you're going to control the clock. You're going to free up the, the pass. And I think Roethlisberger, uh, you know, Martavius Bryant wants to be traded. He's got other options besides Antonio Brown. You look at Juju Smith-Schuster. I think the, the even though they're favored going on the road, that doesn't mean anything to me. I think the Steelers win this game. Uh, Detroit, like we said, we really don't know who they are, but bottom line is I don't like the way they're playing now and they're running into one of the strongest teams in the NFL. Steelers is the pick. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, the Steelers coming off just destroying the uh, Cincinnati Bengals last week, 29-14. to 14. And uh, as I predicted last week, I talked about the – uh, Bengals defense and Vontez perfect up to the same stuff. He mule kicks uh, Roosevelt Knicks in the head. No penalty call, no fine from the office, no nothing because that's just who he is. That's kind of, I guess it's okay. But Bengals, that's another team just headed down. But Pittsburgh, as I said, as soon as they make up their minds that they want to truly rule the AFC, they will do it. I think that's been done. And uh, I think Detroit is really going to pay the price here. I'm going with the Steelers as well. Good to agree again, Charles. I need anything to help my mojo. <laughs> okay, there we go. So that's the game's uh, five intriguing matchups. By the way, 
I'm going to love watching my uh, my Miami Dolphins play Baltimore primetime on Thursday night. We didn't pick that game. We'd have both said Miami. There's no drama there. Right, Chris? Absolutely. You know, um, when we get into our gambler's delight pick, I kind of wish this was a Sunday game because I was uh, – I had to do a double take. The the Dolphins, am I correct, are getting three points? Did I miss something, or is my phone acting up? I I really uh, you know can't figure that one out. That's a real head scratcher to say the least. There we go. Okay, so the Gambler's Delight special for some of those who may not follow us regularly. Well, what we do is we take one game where if you were in Vegas, you have twenty dollars, you buy the sports book, you need to place a bet. Got to be a football bet, of course. So. These are kind of the teams that we would bet on if we had to. So, Chris, go ahead and take it away. And you're true. That's true. The uh, Baltimore Ravens are getting – they are uh, giving three points there in their home game on Thursday. Maybe it's because of the whole Matt Moore thing. No one knows how he'll do for the, for the duration of a game. He's going to be starting for Cutler. Yeah. Um, you know, look, he's a serviceable backup. He played in a playoff game last year. Um, I don't know. I mean, if – like I said, if I had my druthers, I'd take the points of Miami as my gambler's delight pick. I don't think uh, Matt Moore, by any means, is Jeff Hostetler going to lead the team to a Super Bowl. But uh, that that Ravens offense is anemic. And uh, if Case Keenum can beat you, why can't Matt Moore? But anyway, uh, to my pick, keeping with the uh, earlier pick segment, um, the Houston Texans are getting five and a half, some spot six, uh, heading into Seattle. I think this could be easily a close game. While I think the Texans could win if something messes up, a field goal was missed here or there, a fumble determines the game. I do not see the Seahawks pulling away and winning this game by a substantial margin. Take the points. They're coming off a bye week. Watson's really playing well. Uh, Will Fuller's emerged coming off of injury as a nice second option for him. And uh, I just don't think Russell Wilson is going to light up that Houston defense. So take the points. That's my gambler's delight pick for the week. Okay, there we go. So take Houston and the points. And what I'm going to do is go back to the first game that we picked here. And we've got the Oakland Raiders in Buffalo. I'm going to go ahead and say take Buffalo to cover that. Take Buffalo. Give the two and a half points. And uh, I think Buffalo is going to go ahead and take that game. I, I just I don't believe in the Raiders. They're another prove-it-to-me team. So I'm going to say mine is Buffalo over the Raiders. Go ahead and give that two and a half points. And you can thank us both next week. Absolutely. Okay, there we go. So, the picks of the week, the Gambler's Delight picks, and now one of my favorite segments. I turn it over to the resident expert, and he has been terrific all year long. All you fantasy football players, get out the pens and papers, ears open, minds open, pay attention. Here comes Mr. Lardieri, fantasy football. Talk to us. Well, why, thank you. Yeah, my team dropped one this week, finally. It was long overdue. Luckily, we're still in first place. Had I followed my own advice at certain points, I'd probably be in a little bit better shape. I missed out on Deshaun Watson, for instance. Um, you know, we've got a lot of issues with bye weeks this week. I've got Marcus Mariota. I had to go out looking for a quarterback. Who did I go find him waivers? I don't have to pay a dime for him. He was sitting out there this morning. One Matt Moore of the Dolphins. Will he be great? I don't know. But the options, the Flacco's, the Case Keenum's, the C.J. Bethard's of the world really don't impress me much. At the very least, I, I think Moore can spread the ball around. Maybe that opens up some opportunities for Ajayi on, on offense and uh, you know, turns in a little bit of a ball control game. But I do think he's a better quarterback than Cutler right now for the Dolphins. I know Kenny Stills likes him a lot better. That's a guy, if you need a bye week plug-in, go get him. Might not be the long-term answer, but you know, your goal is to win week by week. It's not to have the prettiest roster. 
Another guy, you know, he may have tight end issues. Look at O.J. Howard in Tampa Bay, the rookie, much heralded rookie out of Alabama. If your tight end's on by, go grab him this week. I know Cameron Brait's getting a lot of targets, but Winston is now working Howard into the mix. He's a good option there. Um, you look at uh, another guy you know, from the Carolina Panthers. He's bounced around the NFL. He's starting to get more targets now with the New Orleans Saints. Ted Ginn Jr., everyone's favorite uh, hybrid receiver kick returner. You know, Breeze has been looking for him with Willie Sneed being hurt and not being in the mix and uh, Kobe Fleener always letting you down like he did to me last season, for instance. Uh, definitely worth a flyer if you need a flex play or a third wide receiver to replace one of your bye players. Um, now, here's another trick I want you to do. There are six teams on bye. Let me uh, get this factually correct. You've got the Cardinals, Rams, Packers, Jaguars, Giants, and Titans. If you want to learn a little trick that I've kind of learned many years of playing fantasy football, look through these teams. Sometimes when you're on bye and a guy doesn't manage, if your opponent doesn't manage his roster well, he'll put someone on waivers. I'll give you an example. Sterling Shepard of the Giants. Uh, teams might release him because he's on bye and he's been hurt. Well, He's going to be playing again, and you say, well, the Giants stink. Well, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, and he's going to be the number one option when he does come back. Another one in that vein, you look at Robert Woods for the L.A. Rams. I've got Sammy Watkins. He's been a major disappointment. Woods has been getting more targets. Cooper Cup has. I doubt he's going to be available on waivers, but uh, Woods is someone to look at. And then another receiver from the Titans, Corey Davis. He's been hurt. He looks to come back. Mariota is not getting the ball to uh, Eric Decker like a lot of people thought. If Davis is indeed healthy... Go out there, grab him, stash him away. It looks like he's ready to come back. First week of the season, he had a nice game against the Raiders. Keep your eye on him. That and, you know, coming up like we've been beating through your head the last few weeks, manage your buys. You're going to have teams out. Uh, do not carry two defenses. Stream. I mean, um, you know, I've got the Steelers. I'd release them one week. I picked them back up. There's a team out there. Not going to get you a ton of points, but they're consistent. Um Oh, a team like even uh, Atlanta, play the matchups. They play the Jets this week. They may be an option for you. So uh, do not stash kickers and defenses during these bye weeks. Those slots are, are far too valuable for you. All right, fantastic. And by the way, you can go ahead and check his record. You can go back through the previous shows. He has been spot on all year long. And remember, everybody, follow us on Twitter. Follow Mr. Lardier at Chris L Sports. You can follow yours truly at The Inside Sports. Well, Chris, we're going to sign off. Uh, have you got any final words for us? Yeah, you know, I, I hit on this earlier, and you know, we, we had a really just anemic week. Um, there have been a lot of uh, pieces in the media I've read about what the cause of declining NFL ratings are. It, it's, it's just an interesting topic that never seems to go away. You can't blame it on one thing, but I, I will notice this. And, yeah, I've got a son who likes to watch football. I talk to a lot of different people. I'm at my daughter's softball games on weekends. The dads are watching on their phone, and – I really don't think that the game is less popular, although there there is that fallout from the uh, from the flag protest, Kaepernick, et cetera. I do think people's viewing habits have changed, whether they DVR it, whether you've got this, yeah, I've got this app on Verizon where I can watch my local games and the Sunday night game on my phone. So I just don't think people are sitting in front of their TV all the time and are watching something like Red Zone. Um, do I think the league has issues? Absolutely. I mean. Some of these games are frankly unwatchable. I mean, Browns, Vikings in London. Are you, Charles, are you going to get up at 6.30 to watch that game? I mean, if you're a Vikings fan, I don't know if you'd do that. So, um, you know, bigger picture, I will say this. Speaking of London, I don't know how the NFL could possibly put a team there. I don't know what Roger Goodell is thinking there. But could you imagine the, the Rams or the sea, uh, Seahawks having to make that trip to go play a, a game in London? That would just be brutal and honestly unfair. So, 
Uh, well, I do know that the uh, expats and the locals in the UK like seeing their football. Like uh, my coworker Joe went to one of the games. Um, I don't think long term it's an answer. Mexico City, I get you're in the same time zone. Um, you're just a short flight from Texas, California, Arizona, wherever the case is. But please, NFL, don't put a team in London. That, that, that's my final parting thought for you. <laughs> there you go. All right, everybody. And, uh, yeah, we're going to check out here. And, by the way, I love postseason baseball. I know it's a football show. But here we are doing the show on Wednesday night, October 25th. And what happens? It was 3-2 to two in the ninth when we started the show. Now it is Five to three in favor of the Astros in the top of the 10th after a couple of home runs. So fantastic stuff. This is why I love the game. This is why I love sports. I've been a sports fan since the 70s, since I was able to understand it. So for Chris Lardieri, I'm Charles E. Smith, Jr. Thank you for watching NFL Football Talk, and we will see everybody next week. Frank here from Super BS, talking about the things you know you love and the things you'd love to know. Join us weekly for a podcast about video games. Mostly. Oh, yeah.